0: Welcome to Loving That Sports Talk with your host, James Loving. If you're looking for a fast-paced show that covers football and so much more, this is the place to be. Now, here's your host, formerly of the Philadelphia Eagles, James Loving.
1: Well, hello and good afternoon. You're listening to Loving That Sports Talk. This is your host, Chris Marwitz. Um, So today's program, we're still talking about the the NFL and what's kind of going on in there and... We have with us two really good guests that I want to introduce. Uh, first one is Tyrone Smith. He's a former NFL player. He played for both the 49ers and the Redskins. How are you doing today, Tyrone?
2: I'm doing good. Thanks for
1: asking. Oh, fantastic. Um, of course, the other guest, James Loving, you know him, you love him. He played for the NFL with the Philadelphia Eagles. How's today going, James?
3: You know what, Chris? I was in a good mood to Tyrone got yeah, him because um, what we got to talk about the college he went through. They beat up on us, you know, so I'm kind of hurt, you know.
2: But I like him explain that, you know. And then I'll tell you what they did to us. All right, come on, come, come on, James.
1: You got to be loving the kind, man. Be loving
2: the kind,
3: brother. <laughs> loving the last part of your name. <laughs> you know what, though, no. Tyrone? Uh, when y'all came in, I was a junior. At Wyoming. it was eighty six wasn't
1: because from
3: first. Yeah, 86. Had, had the eighty-seven. Probably eighty, well, no, well, 80 six if it was the if it was the fall. Yeah, eighty six and um, the guy that covered me was Ray Crocky. You remember him? Yeah, yeah, I know Ray very well. Yeah, now uh, it was just a that program I just loved it and the guys there, we had a ball with him for real, you know, but it was a good game and uh um, I love Babe. I was talking with Ray you know, after the game I said, man, I should have went there. He's like, Yeah, come on. I just wanted to say that you know I've seen you with the Baylor, you know. So I just want to throw that in. there. great program, though. I love the school. Man, appreciate that. Uh, it's man. a great
1: school too. To be on top of it all, so. So Tyrone, before before we get started, um, I, I'd like you to kind of tell our guests a little bit, you know, about yourself, how you, you know, as far as where all you played, what you, what what position you played, um, how you got into the pros. Just kind of give everyone a, 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 some information so that. Uh, so they can, they can kind of see where you came from.
2: Man, well, I actually was born and raised in Houston, in the city of Houston. Um, I'm the youngest of three boys. Um, I didn't grow up, actually, you know, with the best, the best situation or the best circumstances in life, but I was always driven to actually do more, and I always had a desire and a dream to actually play like in the NFL. But like I said, I, I, mean, I wasn't born in the best situation in regards to, like, my community and my environment that I well, um, actually grew up in in the city of Houston. You know, I come from a household where my mom didn't finish middle school. My dad didn't finish high school. Um, my parents got divorced when I was in middle school. So I was trying to find my way at a young age. But my, my outlet. And life was actually the game of football. In regards to all the madness and everything that was going on in my world, um, I would get uh, peace from just actually playing the game. Although it was, I would define playing football as control, control chaos, but it really kept me balanced in regards to just, you know, keeping everything in perspective in regards to life, knowing that there was an outlet. And um, long story short, you know, I had an opportunity to go to Baylor University where I was a three-year starter play for Coach Grant Taft and Chuck Reedy. And went on the play in the NFL with the um, – San Fran 49ers and Washington Redskins, and I was an undrafted free agent. But to actually get to the point, point to actually play in the NFL and really fulfill the dream and something I always desired to do in my life was truly, truly an honor and a blessing.
1: Nice, nice. So so, so, you said that you were an undrafted free agent. So did you have an agent that told you what team that you needed to go try out for, or did you just want to try out for the
2: 49ers? Or? Man, what's interesting, that's a, that's a definitely a unique question. My team, my last year at Baylor, I actually graduated in four years. I redshirted my freshman year, but I graduated in four years. So my last year at Baylor as a senior the football field, I was taking graduate-level classes because I'd already filled my um, obligations as a student by graduating in four years, but I had one-year eligibility. And I was projected to be a mid- to like late-round draft pick because I was a three-year starter and captain there at Baylor. But I had an unfortunate injury my senior year where I actually slightly tore and strained, um, three ligaments in my ankle, missed half of my senior season. And so I, I really didn't play a lot my last year, but I had the opportunity to actually um, sign on with the San Fran Forty ers as, as an undrafted free agent. And Dwight Clark was the general manager um, that actually recruited me and um, brought me in to actually sign with the Forty ers But you talked about the draft. You know, of course, you know everybody have a, a dream of possibly being drafted in the NFL. And so I remember the draft of nineteen ninety six. It was of course two days, and um, of course I didn't expect to be taken the day one. Um but I still looked at every pick of the draft. Of course when day two rolled around I was like glued to the television. I'm sitting at my agent's house and I had a female agent, um Yolanda pig at my call at the time. And I'm sitting with Yolanda and we just watching every you know, watching the draft and no phone calls and I was just I was I was heartbroken but you know, I had to understand as well as James you know, you know, that's a part of the process. But one thing that she did that following day on that Monday, we uh, went to her office and we talked, and she basically highlighted all the teams that didn't pick any cornerbacks. And so what she did, she started calling all the teams that Monday after the draft had closed out that didn't um, draft any cornerbacks, really just trying to um, let them know about me, about me as a player, my personality, um, my work ethic, and all my determination that I had. And she just went down the line. But I have been—I was being scouted during my senior year by the San Fran 49ers and they actually offered me an opportunity to actually come in at mini camp to actually just showcase my talents. And they brought me in minicamp, but I was actually unsigned. And I had to find a waiver that if I got injured, it was solely on me. But I was thankful for the opportunity really just to showcase my talents and my skills. You know what, Tyrone, let me jump in there. I want you to talk a little more but You know,
3: um, I'm just impressed because um, I was the same way. And I want you to kind of explain, too, that, you know, how it is when, you know, you're sitting there thinking you're going to get drafted and you don't but I hear a lot of people say, Man, I didn't get drafted, I can't make it. Explain that to them, you really can't I think it's better for when you don't because you ain't got that pressure on you as a draft pick, but explain yeah.
2: that because I read a lot of people like, man, I didn't get drafted, I won't be able to make it now. And and James, you're right, you're right on point with that, man. You know, I was always an underdog. And so by me always being an underdog, not necessarily always been the biggest or the fastest kid or student or athlete, but I was always determined. So me not being drafted, I mean, I didn't see that, you know, as a slight or a slap in the face. I just saw it, you know, as just give me the opportunity. Give me the opportunity to showcase my talents and my skills that I have as a football player. And so to be undrafted, of course, I was a little, um, I was a little under the gun for the simple fact, this part right here alone, James, when I went to that minicamp after the draft, um, I did pretty good in the minicamp but they typically have about two mini camps before the actual training camp. And the second training camp, I didn't get an invitation. And so right before training camp, the 49ers hadn't quite signed me yet. And I remember I went to go work out that afternoon with my, with my trainer and my coach, um, Dennis Brantley, because when I played, I did cross training. I did football workouts and track workouts. Cause I wanted to be mm-hmm. the best conditioned athlete on the field, so I would always do track workouts as, as well. And I remember I came to the track, James, and I wasn't in the best mood. And my trainer my coach, my mentor, Coach Dennis Brandley, he asked me, he was like, Tyrone, what's wrong? I said, Coach San Francisco, they don't want to offer me a signing bonus to to sign a contract to invite me to camp. And he said something, James, I'll never forget. He was like, Tyrone, why are you mad and why are you upset? He said, you should be thankful for the opportunity that they're allowing you to actually be a part of their team and their organization to start from the bottom to actually work your way up. He said, Tyrone, I need you to sign the contract. He like, you've been broke for like 23 years. He was like, be thankful for the opportunity. And I needed him to say that. And when he said that, it really just put everything in perspective. Number one, be thankful for the opportunity, maximize the moment, and take full advantage of it. And so here's, I'm coming from the bottom as an undrafted free agent, but yet I will be coming in like somebody that maybe they wouldn't expect to really do anything and to actually um, come in and shine right away because I wasn't a first, second, third, or fourth round draft pick. I was just somebody coming in under the radar. But at the same time, I knew what it meant to actually work and dedicate myself to the craft into the game of football, so I was willing to do that, but I had to always put that extra in, just because I wasn't a draft pick. But at the same time, I had options in regards to deciding to go with the friend, San Fran versus all the other teams I could have went to as an undrafted free agent.
1: Yeah, I, I think that was smart that your agent had you actually write down the teams that, that that needed quarterbacks that didn't didn't draft quarterbacks. That that was very smart for for her to do and and to, to actually have you
2: sit down and do it. Well, no, I was with No, She rolled down all the teams that didn't draft. And I was sitting there with her going through the whole process the entire time. But, no, I, I thought that was very, you know, sharp of her to actually do something like that and to really hit the phone call that following morning, really trying to just, you know, really just um, offer my service to teams that were actually out there looking for um, a player that can really add something to their team and organization.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: How did um and I, I'm sorry,
3: Chris, but I just wanted to ask you this cause, you know that- the, the story is amazing and, and how you did it and because, you know, uh, you're sitting there talking, I'm thinking, man, that's the same thing. I and when I went into camp, you know, because you had too many camps, you know, and I was lucky that they tied me on the first one, then the second one, then you go to camp, you know. But I, when right. I got to camp, I looked around, and I was like, you know, I'm, I'm not scared of nobody out here. You know, I'm just as good as them, you know. Did you feel that right. way when out there? Cause I know San Francisco, I
2: played against Morton Hanks. Was he still there when you got there? Man, Merton Hanks, that's my guy, man. Merton Hanks, Tim McDonald, Dana <laughs> subfield, Brian Young, Jerry Rice, Terrell Owens, Steve Young, Garrett Plummer, Brent Jones. Um, I mean, the list goes on and on, man, with just the great guys. John Walker, Marquez Pope. I mean, it was just an all-star yeah. stud of a team, man. So I was just truly honored, you know, to be on that team. And I was um of course there was some shock. There was some shock there initially, man, meeting and seeing Jerry Rice for the very first time. So no, I mean, but that was a true joy, man play for the 49ers. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: Nice. I'm
2: sorry.
1: Okay. Well, you know what? I'm hearing the music. Let's go ahead and take a break. When we come back, we're gonna talk a little bit about what's going on in the NFL. We'll be right back. <music>
0: We
1: still have with us Tyrone Smith, former NFL player. How are you doing today, Jen Tyrone.
2: Man, I'm doing good. Thanks for asking. Oh, good, good. It's always good to have
1: have people on and who 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 have a history and 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 can tell tell a good story about about their past. So it's nice to have you on. And of course, James, you know, love having you out with us, James.
3: All right, I'm glad to be. Here. If I'd known Tyrone before, I could have got maybe 14 years in the NFL.
1: You know, just leaving <laughs> <around, learning laughs> the end. Learning their work at the Yeah, for real. I mean, that's what it takes. So, so good stuff, Tyro. Yep. You. you just stayed around. Yep. All right. So, w- w- let's talk a little bit about what happened during Sunday's game. Um, I, I think everyone's kind of aware of the New England Patriots Pittsburgh Steelers game uh, with the catch that uh, Jesse James was trying to catch at, at from. Uh, Roethlisberger, uh, a little slant pass uh, in yeah. the last few seconds of, of the game, and basically it was a 10-yard pass. 28 seconds left in the game, he caught it. It was ruled a touchdown, but they turned it over as a, they turned it over as an incomplete pass uh, because they said he didn't catch it when the ball hit the ground. So. Well, let's talk about this. You know, this this seems to be pretty prevalent for a lot of people that they're they're talking about saying that you know, like like uh, Tomlin, the head coach for for Steelers, is saying that uh, the catch rule needs to be be revisited this year. You know, because this is the second time in, in in a couple of years that that something like this has come out. The last time was with the Cowboys. You know, Des Bryant was going to catch a touchdown and. He kind of did the same thing, but there was a little bit more time on the clock when he did it. Um, they're also talking about, uh, you know, that, that he caught the ball, that the nose of the ball broke the plane, and that the ground can't cause a fumble. I, I know there's, there's more to the, the rule about the, the ground not causing fumble, but let's let's go ahead and talk about this. Um, uh, Tyrone, did, did you watch the game? Yes, I actually watched the game.
2: Watched so, the game. Look, 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 tell me your opinion on what, what, what you think happened. I mean, you know, clear, I mean, clearly it wasn't a catch after him after he actually went through the process. But I think one of the things, you know, and this is just my personal opinion, I think, you know, once a play, once you're in a situation where your team is actually affected by, you know, the outcome of the game by one of the rules, you know, you tend to want to be, you know, more forthright about something that should be done. But, I mean, it's a rule. I mean, and, and one of the things that one of my coaches always told me back when I played football in college, you know, you know, players play, coaches coach, officials officiate, and nothing overlap. But even at, at the same time, you know, they're going to be calls because at the same time, referees are humans. But, I mean, it clearly wasn't a catch. So in that instance, I mean, you know, when you really think about it big picture, um, when, you, when you're when you battling, man, you know, what about all, all those other moments in time in the game that really would have changed the outcome where it really didn't come down to that last play? But, I mean, but it happens. But after the season, if the league is willing to kind of revisit that particular rule, I mean, so be it. But at the end of the day, it clearly wasn't the case. To be very honest with you, and I and I can say that just from the simple fact that you know, in looking at it, you know, multiple times. I mean, you know, it was it was the right call to make. Nice, James. I I
1: I know you watched it. What what what, what do you have to say about it? Oh, um, I don't know, Tyrone. Maybe you can help I me mean, because I
3: don't understand that rule. I've seen it well with this, and um, I look at it like what are they looking at? They want the people to um, take two more steps, or do they want them to take? Um, uh, I, I don't
2: say that rule. Can you help me out with that? I mean, because basically, like say instance, if he would have caught the ball and clearly had the ball and the ball had, the ball didn't touch the field of play or the ball didn't move or his hand was, like, secure under the ball between the ball and the field, they would have caused it a catch because there would have clearly been no bobble or no instance where the ball moved. I mean, just the simple fact, because he was finishing the catch and the ball actually moved, you know, they stated that it wasn't a clear catch.
1: Yeah, it, 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 it apparently the the nose of the ball touched the ground, and right. with that happening, and then and then the ball kind of twisted in his his hands a little bit when he right. when he was rolling over. Right. And so, but with with that with with that alone, that he did they said he did not control the ball because it, right. it moved, and 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 for that they they said it, it was an incomplete pass. Right. So. So, so, because of this, yeah, and, and, and I, I hear what you're saying, Tyrone. That you know, because something like this happens, now all of a sudden people are wanting to to revisit the rule, and you know, all, all because it, it it happened to to them and had them lose lose a major game. It was it was a major game. You know, it was right. something that that, that <laughs> I, I've been saying for the last four or five weeks about Pittsburgh that they cut down to the end of almost every game. You know, right. usually they're behind, uh, but th- this game they're actually ahead. Um, but but you know, eventually this was going to happen to them be- because you know they they just cannot get a strong lead against somebody, and and but that you know that's what? that's their team is is just not playing right.
3: But you know what, Chris and Tyrone, you know it's never a problem till it happened to you. You know, right? Uh, right. Like right. you, you know, just going back to get off the soda, but jerry jones you know when he was suspending um tom brady he loved him you know with the the commissioner now when it happened to zeke he hated him you know why are you doing this? i mean because right. it happened to his team and it's like with this when it happened to the cowboys last year, i was always happy you know hey He's that right ball here. you know he can catch it, he caught that But well, now it happened to pick i wanted to know to lose Now i'm like hey that was a catch so yeah, but no, you know, nobody complain until it happens to them and it affect them in a loss
2: or something bad, you know. But they want the rules. Go ahead, I'm sorry, Tara. No, you gonna I say you're exactly right. You know, so, yeah, go ahead, you know, go ahead and finish.
3: You know, it's funny though with the rule. I mean, that's what they got in there. You just gotta the ref make the call, like you said, Tara. On coaches, coach, player, player, and ref, they officiate. You know, that's what they mm-hmm. call. They are human too. They gotta make mistakes, so.
1: Well, it's interesting because at, at, you know the day after the game, you know they they of course kept showing it over and over and over again, and everyone was agreeing that the refs got it right. But now, you know, since, since a day day later, um, every, there's other people jumping on saying, uh, "No, hold hold the hold phone." They didn't quite get it right. You know, he 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 had it. He got it, had a touchdown. You know, how are they going to reverse that? You know, so. So you have both sides of of, of the ball, you know, people saying and disagreeing on, on the call. And that's going to happen, right. too.
3: But listen to this, Chris. Tyrone, I don't know if you heard this, Tyrone, but I heard that Tomlin was on that board when they re- revisited that rule and didn't change it, you know. Yeah. And, now, yeah. and he didn't change that rule. He let it stay. He's on that board for that. And they said he could have back then changed that rule, you know, but he didn't. So now he, you know, saying we got revisited now. He should have did that before,
1: right? Yep. But but just just like just like Tyrone said, I mean, until it happens to you, it, it's not a problem. <laughs> but all of a sudden it happens to you, and it's like, oh, it's world, it's world, it, it's 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 bad, <laughs> you know.
2: Right. Right. <laughs> But you know what, I mean, I think, I think when you think about the game, you put everything in perspective, I think that, you know, this moment, this time, and that game will actually make the Pittsburgh Steelers, Pittsburgh Steelers stronger. I mean, they tend to start off slow, but they tend not to actually hold the lead. But I believe it'll make it will make them strong in the long run because right now we're a few weeks in the playoffs, and you want to be playing tight and close. But now at this point you want to finish the next time to actually have the opportunity to actually play against the New England Patriots.
1: Right. Well, especially against the Patriots. I mean, because that's one thing that uh, that always happens if if Tom Brady, you know, if if, if there's a close enough game, he'll win it. <laughs> you know, you you yeah. give him you give him a, a, an inch and he's going to take it and and he's going to win.
2: Yes, you cannot leave too much time on the clock with Tom Brady. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't
0: care who he have
2: playing wide receiver, running back, a tight end. You cannot leave too much time on the clock with him.
1: Yeah, I, I was I was shocked with that game was that they allowed uh, the, the 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 guy to, for, for Pittsburgh to run the ball all the way back like he did at the end of the game and get it down there and I was just like oh my god they they won I mean they clearly Pittsburgh has won the game I mean there was no way that they could lose at that point right right yeah. but lo and behold they they threw an interception. <laughs> you
3: you go back and you look at that Tristan in Tyrone and I'm like, Why would you do that? But look what Seattle did. The same kind of play, didn't they? Like, why would you right. go inside? New England plays inside. They don't let you get that little you know? slant. Right. I don't right. they study that. Those those cornerbacks are on that, you know? And I'm like, Wow, you seen that happen in, in, in Seattle at the football? Now, I just don't get it, you know.
4: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean,
2: you know yeah. The thing about it is you, you have guys that actually just play the game, and then you have guys that actually play the game that actually students of the game that are that are pretty much aware about, you know, the circumstances are down and where they are as far as the amount of time that's actually left as well. Yeah.
1: You,
3: yeah, you know, they, uh,
1: they, they have to be monitored that clock too, yes. Right.
3: You know, and I know this too. Tyron, watch and I listen to players. I know you can contest for this. I mean, film is it's is, is crazy. You go and watch film. Uh, you can know the person plays what they're doing just by you know no film. but how the receiver come out his stands, where he take his yardage, and like you know, it's amazing what film could do. And that's what New England do. They see that, Nick. You but, know,
2: right, right. I mean, all I mean the different tendencies that you know the offense or the defense may give are really critical in regards to one's preparation for the game as well as, like, how much you're intentional about studying the game as you, you know, as you think about situational football. Yep.
1: Right. Crazy. We'll tell you what, we're going to take another break. When we come back, uh, we're going to talk about what happened during the Dallas Open game. We'll be right back.
4: Your internet flagship station for sports... America's Sports.
5: Want to experience football from the perspective of two former players who also have coaching experience? Tune in to Sports Info UM with Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword. We'll talk about the drafts, play by play, and even what's happening in the offseason.
4: America Sports.
1: Well, so we have with us a really great guest. Uh, first one we have is Tyrone Smith. Tyrone, you still there with us? Yes, I'm still here. Uh, so, you know what, But before we move forward, go, go ahead and tell our guests about well, what you're telling us about
2: your book. Um, I actually released a book um, last year titled Outside the Huddle, Steps to, Devel- Steps to Developing a Game Plan for Life. Um, I actually wanted to write, write my book to be a resource for those people I do life with, just to kind of share practical principles I've applied in my life going back to a young man up until now where I talk about eight practical principles. I talk about purpose, the plan, the process, the pitfalls, the people, um, progress, in regards to your life. So I share these eight practical principles with relevant life examples about my life, my story, my journey to help empower others, whether you're an elementary, middle school, high school, collegiate, or adult um, outside the huddle, self-development game plan for life. (laughs)
3: You know what, Chris, real quick, can I want um, to ask you a quick question. I don't want to tell you a book, but was there a point in your life that, you know, you something happened that, you know, that made you rethink or you just had to dig in and do, you know, something different, you know, like something that um, just happened bad or something that made you, you know, just say, hey, you know, I want to do this. and You know, can you say that to the kids, how you still persevere and, and did it still what
2: you want in life? Yeah, and, and one, you know, and that's one of the reasons why I wanted to write the book. Because you know, growing up, I was a kid that people told me um, I couldn't do anything. They said, Tyrone, You're not big enough. You're not fast enough. You're not good enough to actually play the game of football." And so there were all these things I had to overcome in regards to always being the underdog. And then to, you know, grow up in a household, in a family where I, my, my household was broken, my parents got divorced. And then to be once homeless, to overcome being homeless, and still achieve the. The American dream to actually go to college and graduate, then get the opportunity to actually go to the NFL and then to be speaking around the country, the nation, the world to young people as well as adults to let them know their dreams can become a reality if you're willing to work and dedicate yourself to your plan, whatever your game plan is for your life, and know that you got to see an end in mind in regards to your process in life. I mean, I was inspired by my failures. I was inspired by my pitfalls. I was inspired by... Um, multiple moments in my life, James, that I had to overcome to get to where I am today, and so I think that's you know that's that's at the crux of everything that we do for those people who, who succeed in life is really how can you overcome failed experiences and turn those setbacks into comebacks to be great moments that are life lessons as well. Nice, uh, man, Tyrone, that's some
3: that's some good stuff there for real.
1: Yeah, I've, I've actually I've actually just pulled the book up myself so. Um, I see it on Amazon. I'm, I'm going to look into to getting it
2: ordered. So we'll, we'll 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 get it read. Okay, thank you, thank you, man. Thanks for the support. You're
1: very All welcome. Well, yeah. yeah. All right. So so we're, we're, let's let's move on. Um, we t- before we took break, I was telling about uh, we were going to talk about uh, what happened during the Dallas Cowboys Oakland Oakland Raiders game. If you recall, um, during the game there was. Uh, you know, the cowboys were on, on fourth and inches. And, it, they, you know, they brought out the chains, and they couldn't quite eyeball it to see if it was a first down. So they took a, a folded piece of paper and placed it next to the chain, between, between the chain and the pole, and it touched. So with that, the refs called it a first down. And with calling it a first down, um, that basically... Determined the the outcome of the the game. You know, the Cowboys ended up winning, that they were ahead or they were tied and they were able to get the ball down, kick a still goal, and they won the game. Um, Have you ever seen anything crazier than that in a game, James? Um,
3: (laughs) You know, I'm just going to say this and I want to hear what you guys say. I think the ref just didn't want to call that game and say it was short. And then had Dallas and Jerry Jones on them. Ref don't want to be the cause of somebody win or lose, which in that case, that was happened. Somebody going to win or lose off a call. So, I, my thing is, I don't even know. Maybe you can tell me. I just think they didn't want to call it where it was short. And that's why they pulled that, you know, or the
2: first down. I mean, James, I agree with you 100%, man. I think they just, the ref in that moment, in that instance, man, he did not want to make tough calls, which I felt would have been the right call to not give them the first down and i agree with you
1: 100%. Yeah, they they yeah. gone for fourth down uh, already, you know, and and made it. And my my thing is why don't they just do it again? Just move the pile and go for first down. You know, and and, and i mean, it was it was it was theatrical. The whole thing was very theatrical with them, you know, with with the chains and and, and looking around and moving and calling time out and then all of a sudden this folded piece of paper was going to be the, the end all be all, and, and
3: it was right, it was right. for the Cowboys, right? Um, and it was obvious. Look how they all standing around. Hey, make the call, Fisher. You know, you sitting there, it is, it is no, yes, you know, just make the call. You know, then you pull that out, you know, because that even looked more worse when they pull that paper out and go, I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I. I, I <laughs> I was really wondering, you know, where where all this came from and and where this piece of paper had been hiding the whole time and what was on this piece of paper. <laughs> you know. So right. yeah, It was it was it was nuts, but okay, it worked. It worked, I guess. So uh, Okay, also about the Cowboys, you know, we we know that Ezekiel Elliott, you know, he has sat out six games, you know, for for, for suspension. He's coming back this week. You know they're playing against Seattle, and they, you know they have a couple games left. Uh, they're, they're hoping with him coming back that that they can actually make the playoffs. Um, but my, but my thing is, you know, they've they've had, you know, they, they actually went out and got got a pretty good running back, and 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 he did pretty good for for Ezekiel while he was out. You know, so. My thing is, is how much the difference is Ezekiel going to make, you know, v- versus what, what what's already been done, Tyrone.
2: I mean, you know, I mean Ezekiel. Elliott, I mean, I'm not a Dallas Cowboys fan. Number one, I mean, I, I got to put that out
1: there. <laughs>
2: okay. I mean, because you know, I mean that's that's a, that's a whole other story. My 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 dad has something to do with the fact I'm not a Dallas Cowboys fan. He brainwashed. Well, when living I was in younger.
1: Texas, yeah,
2: yeah. Yeah, so I, I'm not a Dallas Cowboys fan, but I mean to be. To be real in regards to being a former player and just being a part of the game, I truly believe that, you know, Ezekiel coming back is really going to add a greater capacity of value to the team because, number one, um, he's hungry. He's been away from the game. Um, his teammates, they're, they're ready for him to actually come back. They're ready to, make, ready to make this run. And I just think he's going to be an added bonus to what they're, what they're already doing in regards to how well they're playing right now as a team, to be very honest with you. Hmm.
1: James,
3: what, what, what do you think? I, I I know you got something to say about Ezekiel and about the Cowboys. Well, I'm with you. I ca I hate the Cowboys. I'm with you on that. <laughs> you know, but <laughs> I hate even talking about them. But I, I totally agree. You know, it's kind of scary coming back because you know Dallas will play better. But I'm like this. You know, Chris talking about how much you—they got a good running back. You don't lose. I'm like this way. You don't lose your spot of injuries. Or, you know, don't lose your spot, you know, by way happened to him. So he's going to get all the run when he comes back. I don't care how good that running back did. He's going to get all his run. They're not going to, just because that running back did good, push, you know, 10 and 10 carries. They're not going to do that. So he's going to get all his run. And like you say they hungry, but, you know, I just hope they don't get in the playoffs So they're getting in the playoff. That's a new, you know, they're they hungry and they're ready to play. Yeah, well,
1: but but he but he hasn't played in six games and apparently you know he 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 took himself out of the picture you know he wanted to go somewhere that people he wouldn't be recognized and you know he could actually just train and, and apparently he went down to Cabo six weeks and I'm like Cabo really how, how did that work out but he he did it he went down there.
2: But I, I think, you know, Chris, I think, you know, sometimes when you go through extreme situations and moments like that in life, you have to really take a hard look at yourself. And maybe he just needed to get away to really take a hard look at himself in regards to his journey thus far being like a young guy in the NFL. And, uh, and I'm sure he has some regrets, and I'm sure just that time away has really uh, allowed him to really, really take an a inventory uh, of himself, seeing where he is right now and what changes he needs to make, and what and how he needs to approach life differently moving forward, because he is under the microscope.
1: Absolutely, he's under the microscope.
3: You, you're right, Tyrone. He had to take a look because he was on the road to destruction, to me, because he it was, was like getting into so much, and it was like five days after this, a week after, you know. So
2: I think right. that six week probably did him good, you know. Right. Right. It's the reality of it, man. You either learn you either learn from the situation or you stay stuck in regards to how you handle things. And so I'm 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 really interested to see how he's gonna be, not just beyond the that's not just beyond this, this next run, but like I'm talking about like years to come in regards to his approach, his mindset in regards to how he carries himself on and off the field.
1: Do you think this is really gonna change him?
2: I'm not exactly sure but I hope it will. I mean, for the simple fact alone, there are so many young people, and James, you, you can agree with this, there are so many young people that actually look up to us as current current athletes and former professional athletes, and they just kind of see what we've done and what we've established, and they, they want to know, how does it take for me to get to where you are? And yet, they look at everything that we do. I mean, you know, social media is so big. I mean, you know, um, the media put every moment, every instance out there. So if you really think about, you know, our influence and our impact is where we live in, and if we do it the right way, it's so much great that we can do than bad but if we only but you have to do it the right way, you have to do it the right way,
1: right, right I mean he already has enough enough stuff coming at him, you know right but um uh, yeah i i I hope he does I hope he does but I don't know if it's if it's gonna be enough.
3: Right. Well, let me let me let me throw something at him, Chris, real quick. All right. And then I know uh, this is way it's all about. When you said that, I want that to throw this at you, and See what you say. You know, and what you say, you're right. We know that every young person look at us and see, you know, how they can get where we at, and you know, have the fame. And what do you think about with this Lonzo Ball? What is that doing? Is that wrecking him? Because as a young kid, he is. He's taking too much on right now because of his dad.
2: You know, right. So, what do you think, Cyril? Man, you know, it, you know, up Ball, man. Number one, I commend him for being a father that's present. You know, because I deal with so many young people that are that have fathers that are not present, that don't know their fathers, that don't have a positive male role model or a male role model that's consistent in their lives. So I deal with so many young people in the work that I do with my organization. But one thing, I, I mean, I. I do appreciate that, you know, um, his dad is there for him. But I think, you know, a lot of the things that he say and the antics at the same time don't actually help his son in his own professional growth and development as a player to kind of deal with that, you know, outside of, you know, trying to be, get acclimated to a, a rookie player in the, in the grueling game of the um, NBA with playing 80-plus games. And then I think, you know, the antics from his dad are really not helping him. But at the same time, I appreciate his father for being there. But I think, you know, even his father to really take a hard look at, you know, how he's currently handling himself as well, man. Because at the end of the day, man, his son, he has a lot of food. He's a first-round draft. You know what I mean? There are high expectations for him. And he has to really just um, produce. They're expecting him to produce. And every, every night, he has, he's to on the court. And I think it's bad to maybe, like, tone it down a little bit. Definitely needs
1: to. But tell you what. We're going to take our last break. When we come back. Um, we'll talk a little bit more about there's more but We want to talk about the balls, and then uh, I want to talk about Carolina Panthers. We'll be right back.
4: Your internet flagship station for sports be submerged.
5: Dot tv
0: James Loving and his guests want to hear it from you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or drop an email to talk at yahoo.com. Now, back to the show. Well, hello again.
1: This is Chris Marwitz, Loving That Sports Talk. We're at the tail end of the show. We still have with us Tyrone Smith. Tyrone, how's everything going down in Houston?
2: Man, everything's on well. weather. is beautiful. You know, we had snow two weeks ago. We have, like, 80 degrees today. I mean, so you know you just take a half and you can get it here in Houston. But, man, everything is awesome.
1: Well, I'm coming down there. <laughs> <laughs> and, James,
3: how, how are you doing today, James? Oh, I'm wonderful. Like I said, you know, guests like Tyrone, you learn something, you know, and that's why you go back and, you know, tell your kids and tell other kids. And It's amazing, you know, just talking to somebody and learning a lot. Appreciate it, Tyrone.
2: Absolutely. No, I appreciate you Absolutely. as well. Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: So before we took the break, um, do you guys want to talk a little bit more about the balls and what the what, uh, <laughs> father needs to do with the sons? No,
3: I just wanted Tyrone's perspective just because, you know, I looked at what the dad was doing. Like Tyrone said, it is good to have your dad there and all like that. But, you know, it's to a point where you're taking it too far. And you put a lot of pressure on that young kid. So, you know, right now, uh, it's just too much for him right now, I think. And, you know, you don't want to put that much on him, you know. Right. So I I just think, you know, he got to back off a little. Let let him grow up, you know.
1: Well, it's interesting to see what happens with the two youngest ones. I mean, pulling them out of of college and and, and high school, and now they're going to go play in Lithuania for a year, you know, <laughs> we'll see how much they appreciate their dad for what what he's done. You know that 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 that's that, that that's too much. I think that's way too much for for a child that that young to have to deal with.
2: Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's definitely a lot. But I mean, even but you know that's a whole nother show, uh, Chris and James. I mean, as far as like mm-hmm. that could be a whole nother hour. But I mean, the thing the thing about it is, you know. Zoe has a lot on a lot on this plate already. Like I said earlier, being a rookie with eighty plus games um, on the road, getting acclimated, adjusting to the whole process, um, having the right mindset to actually go um, each and every night to play back to back games, um, to guide and direct this team from its particular position. Then they have all the outside noise and whether it's even whether it's even its own family. I mean, so you got all these different elements you got to deal with, not. Not even considering everybody, all the other things he's dealing with that we, that we don't know about. Not to say that he's dealing with, but that he has to pretty much, like, go through in regards to his everyday life. But then you have these, you know, just the game itself, and then, you know, his father antics, and then everything else. I mean, it's a lot, man. So, I mean, I just, you know, I hope and trust and believe his dad would kind of, like, take a step back. I know he had an interview here recently with the Lakers where they actually brought him in to talk to him. And I just thought, I hope he really looked at himself in regards to the bigger picture of his son's career because it's bigger than just like one year. They are expecting him to produce. They are expecting him to do a lot. They're expecting him to be the future of this team as they actually rebuild in regards to just going back to those glory days of Lakers.
1: hmm. Yeah. Uh, it, we, we, when all this was going on initially, you know, and, 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 you know, the father was speaking for the kids and, and, and being the mouthpiece and saying what he was. You know, and getting the name out there, and, and people were listening and, and, and forming opinions. You know, okay, that, that, that was fine. Now, now that, that Monzo is playing for the Lakers like, like they said he was, and the kids were going to be playing for UCLA, then to the Lakers. I mean, at that point, Father should have just stepped out and let things happen. But he couldn't. Right. He, he cannot uh, stop talking.
2: Right, and it's not, it's not helpful at all. And I, and I just like no. to, I hope he really take a hard look at himself in this whole process where his, where he is right now. And I know they got the big ball of brand. Really, he's been promoting and marketing. I understand, you know, trying to market your brand. But at some point, you gotta take a step back and actually pause and kind of reevaluate, you know, where you are right now in your own process in life.
1: Yeah, that's well, unfortunate. The, the father will never think that he did anything wrong. It's it's everybody right. else. So. Unfortunately, <laughs> <Right. laughs> that 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 that's the issue we're playing with. Right, right. So I think you guys have heard that the Carolina Panthers team is for sale, and and you know why <laughs> the owner and what he's done. Um, yeah. But I i heard that uh, Sean Puff Daddy Diddy Combs um, and Colin Kaepernick uh, and a couple other people are are interested in, in trying to to. A a, a a controlling interest in the team you know to purchase it um you know the, but the the thing is the NFL has no black majority owners you know and and it would be tough for for this group to to make it happen because you know not only do you have to to get the the, the, the people you're buying the team from to, to agree to, to sell you the team you know you have the NFL you have you know all these other 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 people in, in in front of you, trying to say whether it would happen or not. So, you know, and also you know, to ha- having a sales of an NFL franchise, you know, it would be good for 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 the the whole NFL um, franchise or teams to know, you know, kind of how much they're worth. Um, but 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 getting back to to Colin and and Puss Daddy. Yeah, <laughs> Pub Daddy, Diddy Combs. Um, what, 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 what's your opinion on on them trying to buy it, Tyrone?
2: I mean, you know what? I mean, I think. I mean, I, I think it'd be good. I mean, you know, we live in the land of the free. I mean, so if they have a, a genuine interest in regards to purchasing the team to have like a, a majority ownership, I mean, I say why not? I mean, because if they don't do it, somebody's actually going to do it. And if they're serious about doing it in regards to really just you know taking on this opportunity for a go ahead for for a team ahead to actually, you know, own a team and really bring a, a level of um, excitement and energy and, you know, positivity in regards to the direction of ownership. I mean, I say go for it. But I mean if it happens, I mean I, th- I think it'll be a good look. You know, I'm I'm not gonna hate on anybody that's really trying to progress and move forward in life to really do something for themselves. But I mean if it, if it's, if it's Puppy, if it's Diddy, if it's Colin, if it's any others out there, man. But I think it'll be a good look if it is. A, if this actually happens,
1: mm-hmm. James.
2: Yeah, I kind of heard that. I
3: kind of heard Jordan wanted part of it too. Try own it. It'll be good, you know. But I don't think it happened because with the old other owners, I think they got to vote and see if they get in. Because I remember Donald Trump tried oh, wow. to get the Buffalo, and they didn't vote, let him get it. So. You know, you know how, how that is world works. You know, they might not want them in, and then they don't get in. Yeah. I think it'd be good, though.
1: Yeah, it would be good. But but if you look at the fact that you know, no no team even wanted to play wanted wanted Colin Kaepernick to play for them. You know, so what what makes them think that they want him to be partial owner of a team? So uh, you know, that that's uh, it, it's wrong. It's wrong on so many levels. But you know, there's there's just been so many problems that that. There the are hurdles that, that that they that they would give give him and and Sean and, and and would it be worth it? You know, maybe in the end it would be worth it because you know then then maybe they could make some some changes that that much needed to be made.
2: Right? No, I'm I'm really interested to see how far that. I mean, how, like James said, you know, there it's a process. You know, there there are barriers, um, there are going to be challenges, but I mean, if they're in, if they're really genuinely interested in making this happen, I'm i I'm looking forward to the outcome and the necessary steps it would take for them to make it a reality. But you know, like Jane said, the ownership has the other owners have to agree. And as we know in regards to, you know, the stance that Colin took, you know, it's brought a lot of stuff to light. And maybe this even bring even more stuff to light. I mean, you know, we're we're in the we're in the free and equal world, but you know, are we really living in a free and equal world where you really think about the big picture with everything that's actually going on in our society now? Right, and, and that's only to certain things, Tyrone. Because
3: you to have all the money, and they still won't let you in. You know, you got money like that. Right. I mean, look at, well, I mean, open them and all that. There's still certain things you can't get because they're not going to vote you in. So, right, right. It's a, it's a process. <laughs> yeah, it truly is. Yep, it's unfortunate.
1: Well, looks like we're the in, in the end of our time for the show. Uh oh we'll we'll be back next Wednesday and yeah, I wanna I wanna thank our guests for being on today. Tyrone, thank you again for for coming on and uh telling telling your, your story and your tale. You know, hopefully we can have you back on again.
2: No, definitely I really enjoyed it Chris. Frism. I would love the opportunity to come back on the show at a later time as well. I wanna thank you too, Tyrone, and um definitely getting that book and read it and spread the word that you spread. Thanks. Yeah, no, I definitely appreciate it. And, you know, if you order the book through my website, I can definitely personally order, um, autograph the picture for you as well for any of the listeners. You can get it on ty- T-Y-R-O-N-E-S-M-I-T-H, 24.com. And, um, okay. you know, so you want to personally autograph, I'm willing to do that as well. Okay, definitely.
1: Yeah, but, yeah for, our, for our listeners out there, please, you know, that would be something fantastic, especially with Christmas coming up. You know, it's always a nice gift. Anyway, James? Again, as always, love having you on with me. Thank you. All right. So, everyone, you have a great week. Have a Merry Christmas. uh, And uh, we'll be back on again next Wednesday. Take care.